Hi, this is Ryan Miner. I am the host of a Minor Detail podcast. Over the next several weeks of the Annapolis Legislative Session, the show will be broadcasting live each week from the iconic Harry Brown's Restaurant on State Circle. Please subscribe to a Minor Detail podcast on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Overcast, CastBox, or virtually any podcast application. And be sure to check out a Minor Detail podcast at a minordetailpodcast.com. If you like what you hear in the episode, or maybe you hate it, I want to know. Email me your feedback at ryan at a minor detail.com. On week three, Annapolis lobbyist Teresa McGurkin and Davion Percy joined the show and unwinded their careers in lobbying and how Annapolis lobbying has evolved over the last decade. Here's what we discussed. So I have live with me uh, Jack Abramoff and... Uh, <laughs> So, Ooh, who's that guy? Who? I, I, he, I, was like, I was like, where? Where is he? Did you know that Jack Abramoff was played in a movie by Kevin Spacey? Did you guys see that? No. Oh, so, I know that. For, yeah, it's um, I can't remember the name of the movie, but it came out mm, probably about ten years ago when we didn't realize Kevin Spacey was a predator. Um, but it was a really good movie. So we didn't realize that ten years ago. I didn't. No, realize no, it. I don't think anybody did. I mean, people were still watching House of Cards. I mean, I thought House fair. of Cards was brilliant. It was great. Did you like brilliant. it? Oh, I loved it. I loved but it. I died off uh, a couple seasons in. They should have like every other character on that show. I think that was done, done like around season three. Yeah. it was just Before, like yeah. all right. What's I think when his wife took power, she kind of bothered me. Yes. It was like Breaking yes. Bad. I had that same problem. I don't, <laughs> like, know. So I don't know what that says about I like Claire in the first couple of seasons when yeah. she was working environmentally. Oh and and then I, I think that they they when Kevin Spacey was kicked off the show, it just, the last season made no sense to me. Right? And well, yeah. we didn't see it because we both stopped in oh. like the third season. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't so I'm not going to ruin any plots for you guys. Oh, you should ruin them because we probably won't go back and watch well, it. Well, no, the last season was when she finally became uh, president, was it? Did she become so president? So you did watch it. Or, and so she you was lied like to going me. Oh, yeah. Crazy she, stuff. she became president. Yeah, so I tried to watch it. Okay. I made it maybe no, like stopped. three episodes in. And I, I was stopped. just like, was you know done. what? I'm done. I couldn't. I couldn't. Yeah, I actually fell. It was so boring that I fell asleep in the last episode of, oh, I believe of the that. show. I believe you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look. And that's why I stopped. You can't you, you can't do the show without Kevin Spacey. Right. It's different. He is the show. But I never looked at, you know, look, I always kind of felt bad for Zoe Barnes. Yeah, kind of. Kind of. Her yeah. fate did not end well. Yeah. Mm-mm. But, you know, you guys are, so I'm, if you're listening in, and we're kicking off the podcast, of course, talking about House of Cards. Uh, I have two very fascinating people, and I'm beginning to see... In fact, I can't take credit for this idea, because my, my friend, Davion Percy, um, from Alexander and Cleaver, and Teresa, Teresa your last name is interesting. <laughs> Do you want to pronounce it? So, um, I... Because I always mispronounce it, and then I, I had to say it like three times today, and I thought about writing out the syllables of it. It's quite all right. The first day of school was always very interesting for yeah. me as well. So I have um, my, I have McGuckin is my maiden name. Is that Irish? It is very Irish. Yes. And then Hessler is the name that I've very used Irish. under business, even though um, that I never changed it back after I was divorced too. Oh, it's so, not a stage name? I mean, kind of, but I respond to anything that starts with the letter T and uh, Mick. And uh, if you mm-hmm. yell Hustler at a bar, that mm. a lot of people think that's how I introduce myself. 
regardless. So. Well, and I get um, it because people screw up my name all the time. Yeah, so, and, you know, sometimes it's Davion, Damian, Davian. Oh well, what's right. the and, for the record? And Teresa with an E is kind of weird in itself. Right. So it's like right. people don't. I'm like, yeah, well, I'm named after my grandmother and my mother, and I love that. My grandmother wanted to Does, be different. Do people call you Therese? Therese, Teresi, Teresi. Oh, yeah, really? I anything. like that name. Yeah, I'm my cat that. Or the Reese and Reese's <laughs> cups are great. So I mean, there's right. that. I love Reese's cups. I do too. I was thinking right? about my favorite candy the other day, and I think I've come to the conclusion that it is Reese's cups. What do you guys think? It is if an we had a favorite addiction for me. Okay, so definitely Reese's cups, but I love Kinder Bueno bars and wow. white chocolate. Oh. White, white chocolate. chocolate specifically. Yeah, the and Hershey. I, I like the Hershey's white chocolate. Oh, the cookies and cream bars. Yes, those are phenomenal. Those if are you're good. watching, yeah. if you're watching here live, then Irish. <laughs> if you're watching live, tell us what your favorite candy is, because uh, yeah, we love to know. I would love to. <laughs> that at Harry Brown's live here, we're talking about candy on a Tuesday night in the beginning of session, um, and we're also talking about House of Cards. What what about uh, trying to think of if you guys? I know you're really busy, and that's a silly question to ask you if you're watching any particular television shows. But are you watching any Netflix and chill? Are you doing? Uh, I mean, right now, um, I I don't know what's going on in the outside world. Okay, uh, fair when enough. When it comes to the ninety day session. This is our life. Yes, you it know, is. Um, you guys live down here. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Well, I literally live here. You're in, in, in the Calver House five days PG a week. County, so. right? Correct. So I'm I'm just in Bowie. I'm d- I'm down the road, yeah. which is a great commute. All right, for and I'm in Suitland, so we're both in Prince yeah. George's County. You're not legislators. You're lobbyists. It's the other L word. So, <laughs> <laughs> for for uh, first, I want to start with you, Teresa. You. Um, Prior to starting your own firm, and I want you to talk all about that, just to introduce this segment, we're, uh, Dave, Dave, we, last week you and I had a conversation about talking about young lobbyists, right, and how yeah. Annapolis is changing, and you gave me this great insight to consider doing a series on how Annapolis works and how you influence and how your work is key to this big puzzle and I, th- I said that is a great idea so of course I wanted to kick it right off and I wanted to have you guys come on because I see you two as uh, two of the, the most up and coming and well established and just creative and kind of ubiquitous presence in Annapolis I, I, I just I think that you have a, a real presence about yourself and you're both entrepreneurial you both have uh, a real vision you know where you want to go you know what you want to do and prior to this you worked for the maryland catholic conference and you and i had talked before and then all of a sudden i get this press release that you're starting your own shop your own agency so congratulations to you Teresa. that's incredible i mean really that's that is really amazing and i i'm i'm really happy for you how's that going no and i i thank you for that um so for me it was i'm an entrepreneur at heart and um in a past life i had my own advertising agency but what really brought me into this work was a need within the realm of kind of filling the gap and not just relating with a republican party or a democratic party just filling the divide and really addressing the needs of what we can do and come to that middle ground in Maryland Mm -hmm. and be that voice where maybe some people don't really want to be in that area, um, are paid by special interests that they don't believe in and 
I've always been that hard-headed, left-handed child, and I, I got into this work because I saw the holes. Do you have brothers and sisters? I do. Okay. I do, and, I, and I'm the oldest, and oh. I, I think both my parents would, and my brother probably would attest to that hard-headed kind of rogue personality, but... You I went to so, Towson, right? I did. Yeah. I did. So you've been... A, are you lifelong Marylander? I am, and wow. actually, my parents still live here as well. They've they've been um, <clears throat> in Prince George's County for over forty years now, mm. and uh, I moved back to the county four years ago. Um, lived in Baltimore City for eleven years. Owned a home there. Lived in DC for a short stint, and um, DC. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's great though. I mean, my first my first job out of out of college, I guess it was two thousand and eight, and I was. I went to work on Capitol Hill, and I found this one-bedroom efficiency apartment that cost me five hundred dollars, and it was a shitbox. It was mean, probably it was, a steal at that point. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm surprised I'm still here, honestly. But I near—I I could have been murdered. Uh, oh yeah. But I'm. Thank God I'm here. But five hundred dollars uh, is is a steal in DC. That's right what now. I said. I mean, think about it. The, yeah. If it was. M- it was a, a group, like a group house, and we, it, it was weird. This was a weird, and I was thinking, all right. You're like, how did I get roped into part this of situation? On the hill. Okay. It was the hill. Yeah. So I walked to work every day, and that was nice, but. So, but like southeast, so, because when I said I was moving to southeast from yeah. Baltimore City. Oh. And my father, who was born in southeast, made this guttural noise that I've never heard before. This, uh, like a. <clears throat> and he, he would not help me move. Oh. Um. My parents, but. <laughs> I, think they, I don't think that I, they... He later came and saw this I think that they lent me a, like a truck or an SUV to move into D.C., but they, they were like, we're not coming no, down they there. Didn't, yeah. But they were like, congratulations on getting a job right out of college. My first job on Capitol Hill, I made $26,000 a year. Twenty six. I feel like that's actually a good starting salary. Oh, is it? And Capitol Hill, I don't okay. know. Okay. I went into journalism when I got out of school, and they offered me 27000 Okay. So... I had to decide. So at night, what was great about you guys have been doing better than me. I made twenty four thousand in my first oh, your see? first job twenty four nine. So twenty four nine. Now yeah. we know. Okay, so I'm on the higher we've, end. Of we've the, all hustled. There you go. Yeah. Whew. And <laughs> at some point, my they when I was working on the hill, they paid you once a month, and that's oh, hard. That, that's really that actually, wow. All right. Well, as you a, just took our yeah. <laughs> as a twenty two twenty two year old college kid being paid once a month you're, i was fiscally stupid oh, so, you're you're blowing it out of the water the first payday i'm sure right so you you, you have your rent then I, I had a car payment at that time and the rest is like do i want to get groceries or do i want to get laundry detergent so i, I wouldn't want neither right <laughs> no no i'm just rolling, nope. right you take so i think instead of getting laundry detergent i took my home my clothes home to my parents and they still wash them of at course. 22 years old no and, and at a certain point my mom was sense. like you need to grow up and you this is you you have a a big boy job but it's uh it's not a real you're not living real life All right. so mm-hmm. my parents were like look you, you can't keep asking us for money and I, my mom will, will tell you that she's, she was very helpful. Um, and it's hard to survive on $26,000 a year. Completely. In D.C. Yeah. Yeah. But completely. So I don't miss that apartment. And, in fact, if I were in D.C., you know, come to think of it, if I went back, I would probably call the fire marshal on that place. <laughs> it was so bad. It was gross. But so what's the name of your firm, Teresa? 
So it's Ashler Government Relations. How'd you come up with that name? What does that mean? So an ashlar in masonry is typically the foundational stone. Okay. It is the perfect stone that helps build any base. That's A S H L E R. L A R. Or L A R. Yes. And um, for me, I saw that as like what Maryland needs to do and the issues that I want the firm to address. So the whole purpose is to really, as I mentioned before, is to fill that gap, fill that middle divide. How can we fix the community issues, really address where other firms might not be addressing um, and not just take any issue that needs lobbied, ones that really mean something and things that we believe in be that foundation for the state and work for a better state. So the tagline of the firm is for a better state of mind and really addressing those small uh, nonprofits, those small businesses, um, the companies that don't know how to navigate in Annapolis and and really be their presence. So you do you do public affairs as well? I do not. No public no. affairs. No. So you, you do you take on clients and then you're their advocate. For Correct. people watching, lobbying is I think a kind of a mystical uh, career. People are somewhat familiar, they have an idea what you you might do, but it's not all just spending big checks to different clients. It's you are really working the nuts and bolts of legislation from the inception from the birth and then until it's passed and signed into law by the governor. What how did you get into this career? Yeah, so for me, I saw it firsthand, and um, I think one of the biggest issues was domestic violence. So I had gone through domestic violence, and I had you, gone You yourself have experienced I had personally it. had experienced, wow. and I'm very open with my past, because that's what got me into this, and, and on, on a variety of issues. But mm-hmm. for that one specifically, I saw the divide between the counties, and even where county courts didn't have a standard law to really address what defines domestic violence and how to process it through the court system. And I knew that I had the resources, thankfully, because I have a supportive family that still was close by. And um, I I was strong enough to kind of keep pushing and, and my family was behind me. But it put it in perspective for all the people that don't have any anyone with them to navigate that system and I know how hard it was for for me so I couldn't even imagine it it started to turn the cogs in my mind and um on a couple different issues in that time of my life I reached out to some nonprofits and started volunteering and it made me aware of the legislative process in tandem with that and I was like we can fix this like what I am definitely hard-headed enough and I I felt very called to do this and that was really the passion that got into this and I've always been very honest about what got me down here because I think it's within those honest conversations that we make a change you know I've been a business owner in the past Um, I, I could say that I worked for money in in different things that um I think we set certain goals and you kind of lose sight of the community around you and and some of the smaller voices within our society and our neighbors and they get lost and it was very eye-opening for me. So you, essentially you're as a someone who owns your own firm and is it just you? Do you have any staff? No, it's just me right just now. Just you? Yes. And so of course, it, it, it's a challenge. It's tough. You probably, I hope you haven't faced too many roadblocks in that process. 
No. But that's yeah. good. That's good. And then, of course, you then develop your client list. Correct. And are, are you able to talk about who you're working with? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's definitely, I mean... Um, so I've been blessed to be a part of the Prince George's County Council team, okay. um, the Foundation for Government Accountability, which is a national organization. I have a client that addresses women's issues, um, another client that deals with bullying in school systems. Oh, okay. And so it's pretty diversified within um, addressing those community teams and the needs for what we need within the state of Maryland. Okay. And that, that is really my foundational belief and what I aim to continue to grow within that space. So are you looking to do more nonprofit? Nonprofit is a big thing for me. Um, and just the, the voiceless and yeah. the people that don't know how to navigate Annapolis. Um, so tough. it doesn't necessarily have to be a nonprofit, but it could be like, I'm a local business owner. Um, and I have a lot of friends that are local business owners. So for that small business that doesn't necessarily know what to do down here. I, I had a friend actually text me last night that has a small business in Southern Maryland mm -hmm. and they, they have a firm, so I won't say who it is, but they have a bill that is very detrimental to their business. Yeah. And um, they personally asked me to look into it because they, they don't know. They don't know the committee. They don't, they don't know how to navigate it. And um, that's so important because before I got down here, obviously I loved government yeah. and I loved... Um, history growing up and that was very interesting to me i know davion and Same i have here. talked about yeah. this before and um like it's yeah. like our favorite subjects what history history and government history. yeah me and, too um were you were you a political science major i was not i was mass communication major okay so i wanted to be a host on the today show which oh. i could have definitely never do like jenna bush no i could definitely never do it in today's day and age Ugh. because um i actually don't even watch mainstream news so no. i'm gonna say that no. i don't have cable we don't have cable in our they house. listen to podcasts they listen to a minor detail podcast that which is, we do that's where we i do. get all my news from mm. yeah well hey that man I'm, I'm <laughs> minor detail you guys are very yep. i'll tell you what they are some tr some some excellent upstart news media and i want to give a shout out to josh kurtz from maryland matters yeah that, he's great man josh is tearing it up with his coverage he's got oh the poverty mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. and it's fantastic he has Bruce DePoint and Danielle Gaines, mm -hmm. and they just hired on some new reporters, and I know that really? they have some more reporters coming down the pike, I believe, in in May. So Josh is really covering the day-to-day, -day, the, the nitty-gritty of Annapolis, and I, I, I can't do it like Josh can, and he's... Josh has been doing this for a long time, and he's got some great perspective. But I want to switch directions. Davion, tell me your story. Tell me... I, I mean, we could be here all night if we wanted to, but we I mean, got coffee. <laughs> now you have, now you have coffee, and we're we're here at Harry Brown's. They do serve coffee, despite any any anything otherwise. But they have, they also serve delicious drinks, and I got to plug Rusty, who owns uh, the place. Rusty is such a great guy. Rusty, he really is. he's yeah. a he's a great guy, and he will take good care of you. He takes so good care of us. Anytime I email their staff, if I need a table, they, they hook me up. And this has become the de facto spot where a minor detail bought broadcast. And yeah. I really I found a home here for uh, in Annapolis. And we're going to keep this tradition going for as long as we can. It's perfect. And look, Harry Browns has a I see you here all the time. But we've had some great conversations sitting up. I've learned yeah. so much from both of you. And just sitting at the bar and talking with you about all that's going on. You're, Davion is one of the most well-connected guys in Annapolis. He knows what's going on. You, got, you know 
everybody. And of course, he works with the venerable Alexander and Cleaver, started in 1984 by Gary Alexander and uh, and the and, Jim and the Cleaver, Cleaver and Jim yeah. Cleaver. And so you are the new wave. You are the future. You guys are the future of the lobbying corps here in Annapolis. And so, tell me your story. Yeah. So uh, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. Um, anytime. Very interesting story. And I think uh, just about anybody who's involved in politics, when you ask them how to get involved, uh, the first the first two words are funny story, right? <laughs> you know, not many of us uh, grow up um, uh, planning to get involved no. in politics, but. So I was born in Washington, D.C. I spent about half my, my childhood in D.C. and in, in Northwest uh, in the Shaw neighborhood, which at the time was a very um, impoverished, drug-infested neighborhood. It's very different today, uh, but many of my family members still live there um, in, in that neighborhood and all up and down the, the uh, Georgia Avenue corridor. Uh, when I was about 12, moved into Prince George's County uh, with my grandparents in order to uh, be exposed to a better life. And that's where I really got interested in uh, public service and other opportunities. And, uh, you know, so I participated in several volunteer programs, uh, grew up, graduated from Grant Park High School in Brandywine, Maryland, uh, started attending uh, UMUC and working uh, for Prince George's County government at the same time. I worked for several uh, different government agencies in the executive branch. And uh, eventually I got picked up by Karen Tolles, uh, who was the uh, council member for District 7, which is like Suitland, Capitol Heights, uh, District Heights, and, and, and those areas in Prince George's County. District Heights. I just learned an interesting tidbit tonight about the, the District Heights mayor. Uh, apparently he was indicted. Did you guys hear about this? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's our job to follow this okay. stuff. So. <laughs> we so, have to. Fireworks. <laughs> so I'm fascinated by this topic. It's amazing, oh, isn't it? Because it? it keeps happening. It just it, keeps it, happening. It's, it's the gift that keeps on giving. I mean, unfortunately. We, yeah, should unfortunately. Have a, we should have a countdown clock that we just put up right here until the next public official gets indicted. Isn't that a sad state of affairs? It, it really is. It's, you know, it, it, it's been such a question. Yeah. So, you know, and I agree with that. It is, it is sad to... Um, See our public officials go down, whether it's uh, a municipal official, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, I mean, county Jack official, Johnson. state official. You know, Jack Johnson was very disappointing as well. Um, but I think, Kathy you know, Pugh. even beyond Kathy Pugh, yeah, that was... Um, oh, that was sad. Just And, and we're still We're still reeling that. from that. Yeah, yeah. We don't know what her fate is, and it was sad for the city. Yeah. It, it it's really sad was. For a city that really needs a win. Yeah. And I was hoping the Ravens might win. I think a lot of people. Were. I know. <laughs> we're close. <laughs> I, like, but, I, like, I think a lot of people were. <laughs> but, but Unfortunately, still. a win's a win and a loss is a loss. But, yeah. You know. but still. As in lobbying world. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. In the lobbying exactly. world. As in lobbying But, you know, I do have to say that even beyond all of that, I still think that Maryland is uh, one of the greatest states in the union. It I think it's the greatest state. states. Not one of. Um, we are. It is. I, th- I think we're You're still the wealthiest Maryland state hat. in the union. I am wearing a Maryland hat for those who are watching it. I, I was like, my, I don't have my glasses on. I got yeah. my old, old base socks. There old base socks. I like those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got my old um, base. And even Baltimore. I mean, we've got one of the most uh, important ports. Oh, I love in, in the city yeah. of Baltimore. City of Baltimore. Yeah. Um, it's a great fantastic. city. Yeah. What do you think? Georgia's county, the wealthiest uh, majority minority county in the nation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've got a lot of good things going on. We've got to, uh, unfortunately, um, you know, we've got to just wean out the the bad apples. Yeah. And and change the perception. Well, politics, it, it breeds some interesting fellows. People jump into politics for 
all different motivations for whatever reasons. And I, I largely believe that people who are involved in Maryland politics are – they are on the side of good, decent, and just fundamentally wholesome people. That yes. they jump into this this avenue, this, and it's not easy. People, state senators, I know that it, from the outside it could look glamorous. I haven't seen that side. It, it's it's not at all. It, it, there's a misconception from the public, and maybe that's why the public is so skeptical of the inner workings of government because there's this mentality that it's always been glamorous and public officials keep doing stupid things that are t- counterproductive, that they get themselves arrested or indicted or they're, u- they're misusing campaign funds. and people that we look to as our leaders, as our representatives, our, uh, our, our, our guiding lights, in, in not only in government, but for moral reasons, right? I mean, we, right. we pass legislation sometimes for moral, overarching reasons, and yet we are, we're looking to the people who do that, and we're all fundamentally flawed, but I just think we need to expect better for the people who are representing us. Exactly. Right? I but yeah. I think Annapolis... For the most part, yes, we Annapolis has its ups and downs in, in state government, but it's a neat town. And the people here are good. Our legislators are good people. They're wonderful. And I think what we saw in the last election is a lot of um, fresh perspectives. Um, people that really just are here to make a change, walked away from their amazing careers and full-time jobs, and want to make things different and it's so refreshing it, I mean, it's just amazing i'm sure you've experienced it, that, it, seen it, that as it well. really is and i've got to tell you um you know ryan Teresa and i are really good friends yeah and uh, we've had this conversation together. yeah this is great <laughs> like, great. Yeah. We're like i'm on i'm on too but yeah this is great i didn't um, tell you guys because i wanted to be a surprise this is an awesome surprise. No, yeah, it was I think great. you'd agree, right? It was great. Yeah. We, we were going to have dinner together, and we both had something to do at 7. Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> what did you do? So I said, you I'm busy at 7. Um, can you meet me at Harry Brown's? <laughs> and I told him I'm already here. <laughs> no, he didn't you know? respond, and then I walked in. Oh, I'm here. sorry. And Maybe I you're like, what are you doing? Well, I will say, you know, in response to your comment, Teresa and I have had this conversation, you know, several times. It is very refreshing, and I do believe that we're living in one of the um, most historic times in political history in Maryland. I agree. We've got the first African American and first woman speaker in the history of our state. Amen. Um, yes. and, uh, <laughs> That's progress. The, the Honorable Adrian Jones, um, who I respect very much, and then to see some of the reforms that she put in, um, you know, Her for incentives have been you know, incredible. Exactly. I mean, first of all, she pushed for ensuring. Uh, that the floor is streamed. I think they're still working on that. Mm-hmm. Um, she also in. allowed the uh, freshman class to elect an assistant majority leader. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, the freshman class president um, in Juanica, Frisk- Juanica Fisher, uh, which she is amazing. She sits on judiciary. She sits on yes. judiciary, yes, yep. and she's from Prince Another George's County and a, and a great leader. friend of ours. She represents, I think, District 47. 47, um, yes, that's correct. That was the, the a seat, I believe, had once held the same district as Red Jimmy Tarlow. Yes, yes. you're correct. Yep. Old Red uh-huh. Jimmy. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Which the people's only, lobbyist now. The people's lobbyist. Yeah. Who is yeah. a, he's a pro bono lobbyist. So if I ever have oh, to... Oh, I like that. Yeah, yeah, I think so. So I that. if I ever have to go to jail for something, then I can maybe I'll have a pro lobbyist to, to, to make sure. Try to he, you know what? We all yet. need to make note of that. Well. <laughs> the mayor of District Heights like, should hire Red Jimmy Tarlow. There we go. <laughs> to advocate for <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah so i mean you know we've got 
we've got Adrian Jones. We've got uh, more people of color in the legislature than yeah. than ever before. Um, we've got more women in the legislature than ever before. Mm-hmm. And then we've got Melanie you know, Griffith in the Melanie Senate. Griffith, yeah, um, serving as the Prince uh, Georgian as President well. Pro Tem. Yes. And 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 um, um, you know, plug for Melanie Griffith. I live in District 25. I voted for okay. her. I campaigned with her. Campaigned for her. I have a lot of respect for her. Oh, um, and you know, we also have uh, uh, Senator Bill Ferguson, who is the second youngest uh, Senate Vice President. Uh, Senate president, I'm sorry, in the history of our state. And, and uh, it's, it's amazing. When he first ran, I lived in his district. And wow. I remember he door knocked because I owned a home there. District 45. Yeah. So when I was in Baltimore City, yeah. he became my legislator. Wow. And uh, it was he was so honest and amazing. I, yeah. I remember like him coming around and I still tell him, I'm like, Senator, I, I remember when you first campaigned and how, how in, like powered and just... Yeah exuberant his enthusiasm for the cause and for the city and for the people was yeah and still is and that's fantastic yeah no he's he's, he's great and it's um, amazing and, you know, to if kind you look of see at where he's come where he's, yeah, yeah definitely and if you look at the legislature for the last two election cycles i think um we've had about two-thirds turnover isn't that something cycles, how many new absolutely faces amazing it's it's more representative of maryland as a whole yes economically racially uh, and intellectually, we have people from all different and diverse backgrounds. I really think that Maryland has one of the best legislatures in the country. I really yeah. believe that. And we have a, just looking behind us, and I know the camera can't see this, but as we talk on the podcast, every time I sit, be, I always like to sit at this window because the Capitol is It's dome. beautiful. It yeah. really is. It, it, and it's, it's, and it's cold out, but it's... Uh, it's nice, especially at sunset. And then if you've ever, I've never seen it, the sun rise over okay, Annapolis. Okay, so I was going to say the sun, so when I was driving in, um, it might have been early one morning last week, because I have a lot of early um, delegation mm. and subcommittee meetings. But That's not fun. the sun rises right behind mm-hmm. the Capitol building. And it is just almost like a godsend. I, you couldn't plan it better. Yeah. And it's stunning to just come in off Rowe Boulevard and see that just right behind I wish they'd the hurry, Capitol building. I wish they'd hurry up with this construction well, on Lawyer's yeah. Mall. I mean, that's a yeah, mess. It's definitely a mess. And, you what know, are they trying, doing? trying like, to walk they, further as a woman no in heels is, is a little tough in itself. I'm not even going to so. speculate on it. I yeah, have no you know, idea I, what I, I, I peeked I, in. You guys but don't it, have to deal with that, but it's, yeah. Well, I peeked in. I don't even know what they're doing. Are they, what are, uh, does anybody I'm, know? I've heard rumors. I don't know. I heard that something to do with like we heating the tunnels a, or like something two, like that. Two-year sure. plan oh. yeah. of um, fixing electrical issues under Lawyers oh, okay. yeah. Mall, and well, so up. I think by next year it's supposed to be done. Yeah, if we're on a timeline. Okay, Dave. So, so I will say, uh, you know, really quickly as we were talking about the State House yeah. and the, uh, you know, the House Office buildings and the the, the Senate Office building. As an African American. Um, it is amazing to be here uh, in Annapolis and to be a lobbyist and, and, and influence policy, a lot of good policy. Um, you know, but uh, Juanika said it, Juanika Fisher, Delegate Juanika Fisher, uh, said it best a couple of days ago, or, or last week actually, we hosted a school, Alexander and Cleaver hosted Tacoma Academy, um, oh, private yeah. school from Montgomery County yeah, here. Yeah, exactly. That and uh, Delegate Juanika Fisher came out to speak, and she said, you know, this building wasn't built for us. <laughs> And, um, you know, to see the changes that have evolved, not only in, Mar- in, in Maryland, but across the United States, and to be living in, in, in 2019 and 2020, um, to see all of these uh, uh, folks, uh, people of color, 
uh, who are serving in the legislature, more and more people of color who are serving um, as, as lobbyists and executive branch officials. It is amazing uh, to be here and uh, knowing our history, um, just, uh, you know, that, um, you know, uh, some people in, in generations past would not expect this. And to see how much we've evolved um, and, and we're able to work together and make policy that that is beneficial to all Marylanders and not just to uh, one class or one race. It's really amazing. So I'm honored to be in Annapolis, uh, to be working in Alexander and Cleaver, uh, to be one of the first uh, 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 African-Americans in leadership at that firm and to be among uh, our generation uh, that's taken over and, and, and really uh, changing policy for the better. You, you got a promotion this summer. Yeah. Let's talk about that. You got a big promotion, and now you're the. Let me make sure I get this right. You're the vice president. Of, yes. Is it government affairs? Um, government relations. Government. Okay. Or affairs. Same thing. Government relations, yeah. and Semantics. so you're pretty much running the show. <laughs> yes. On the 90-day legislative session, you're probably setting the pace with the clients for addre- assessing their needs. Right. But for people who are still wondering, what do you? What, what is it that you exactly do, right? What do you, you're an advocate. <laughs> what is it, is it broad, is that too broad of a question? No, I, I think that's. Because I want to know, what do you do? It's almost a different answer depending on who's asking. Or which day it is. Right. Well, yeah, and what clients you're working on their account for. I, if you I have think. several clients, if you both, and I'm, between the both of you, I'm sure you have dozens of clients. How do you manage all of their needs? Because I can imagine, Teresa, a client calling you up and saying, I'm going to be in Annapolis on this day, or I need you to do X, Y, and Z. Can you get me a briefing? Can you get me in front of this legislator? Can you get me in front of this committee? How how do you do it all? So I think um, lobbying and, and the work that we do is really, you just have to have thick skin, first of all, a willingness to kind of roll with the punches, a roll up your sleeves, nothing is above me or beneath me kind of attitude, and... Um, check your ego at the door i know there's a lot of people have egos down here but it, it's not beneficial and um no because then a minor detail covers that and <laughs> nobody, nobody right. wants to have be a negative dude they, they uh they end up on the 2019 losers list so but no. i but i think and and davion i'm sure you would agree is is the best work is done and just being candid and having honest relationships yeah. hard work picking up the phone and and just not taking anything too seriously even though everything we do is very serious and and just rolling with it Mm -hmm. because if you're not flexible and you can't roll with it and you take things personally it's never going to work down here you're going to hit a roadblock and a roadblock and a roadblock but within friendships and conversations that's how things change that's how things move like that's kind of how our friendship started and that's how hopefully and i i know future legislation will get passed mm-hmm. it's it's within those relationships it's within those friendships it's right. within those conversations right. and that passion and and just drive of of rolling with things so p- when people think of lobbyists they think of uh, people in expensive suits that are uh, pulling aside a lawmaker or in a back room of a cigar bar and saying, vote for this, and maybe putting a wad of cash in somebody's pocket. It's not like that at all. Not at no, all. No, it's definitely, and there's there's ethics laws about that. They make mm-hmm. us do training. I yes, just had to redo yeah. mine uh, last for, Sunday, for and record, it took about three hours. For the record, <laughs> Ther- Teresa paid me a dollar to come on. No, no I'm just kidding. That's I not didn't. true. She, she did. I don't have a dollar. <laughs> I work for nonprofit. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> 
It's still under the threshold. I'm <laughs> yes, it's under twenty dollars. Uh, well, you know the Naples cigar bar <laughs> shut down. Yeah, I heard. It's, heard last week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think you told me last week. Yeah, yeah. it's it's gone. It's uh, it's that's it's been a long time hangout of 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 lawmakers, and yeah. there was an incident, of course, that transpired there last year that set the unfortunate tone of the the session. I'm hoping that there's there's no hiccups this session because last session was uh, interesting. <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Interesting. interesting. Yes. It, you had the Lasanti saga, and then the Jalisi issue. The speaker passing, uh, Senate President Miller with cancer. We've seen a lot of changes, yeah. ups and downs. I know that we all, we were all together on signy die of last year. It was a somber day. It was a tough sure day was. for us. Really it was a tough was. day for everybody, and mm-hmm. it just didn't feel like there was no, there was no celebrations. I mean, yes, it was hard to. I think so. I mean, the speaker died the day before. Right. Mm-hmm. That was a tough day. It really was. And then we got the Mako. That was fun. Mako was fun. <laughs> I'm talking to 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 Monica, who uh, <laughs> when, uh, she like, <laughs> sh- she works for Alexander and Cleaver now, and her previous employer had they everybody throws these Mako parties, and I guess I was one of the first people to actually cover the the minor details of the parties, and uh, Monica, who I was in my hotel room in Ocean City, she emails me, and it, she was like. Um, I'm not really sure what you wrote, but um, I, I don't know if it's like accurate. It, and so we actually then formed after that conversation, which, by the way, was hilarious. Uh, we formed a good friendship, and the Mako parties are always fun. I, I mean, that was yeah. my first time really bouncing back from one to one. The food was amazing. You guys had a party. They two. Did. Yeah, two. Yeah, two. Yeah, they were great. Secrets. Yep. And, and um, Secrets. Dry 85. Mm-hmm. Dry 85. That was the first night. That was Wednesday night. And it's then, all the same day when you're at But I'll tell you what, that Cap Strategies party, that was fun. That was interesting. So, so the Cap Strategies party is um, it's always good. It's very packed. Um, mm-hmm. It's one of our um, allies in yeah. Annapolis, I'd mm-hmm. say. So, Those guys uh, are here all the time. Party. They're great. Yeah, they're um, great guys. And we're working together on some things, uh, quite a few things, actually, at least. At least two um, two clients we have. Uh, what kind of legislation are you guys targeting this session, or what are you following? I know that you're looking at end of life, right? Yeah. And then what are what what kind of bills are you following? What are you? I'll be opposing about? end of life. Are you opposing that one? <laughs> well, on behalf of we'll get groups. coffee together afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> have you guys talked about it? Together, well, your, your arguments for for and against. I, I had mean, Senator Smith. Well, on. No, we're not exchanging secrets. No, but, we are um, not exchanging secrets. No, no strategy mm-hmm. sessions. No, because there's all is fair in love and war. Yeah. Do you guys go? Well, there's the, three firms hired to push mm-hmm. the legislation. That's what I hear. And there's me and coalitions to oppose no. it. Yeah. So why uh, do you oppose it? Um, I think it's just detrimental and dangerous. Uh, based, there's no real safeguards that you can propose. I, we saw that in the Senate last year with the amount of amendments. There was over 40 amendments proposed within the Senate to really address those concerns, regardless of political party, and they could not come to a conclusion. And when they could not come to a conclusion, the main bill um, national sponsor, Compassion and Choices, mm-hmm. withdrew their support for the bill. And for me, that was the biggest indicator of what their real motives were on the legislation Hmm. and why they wouldn't want any amendments to try to make this bill better. 
Um, and to me, it was like, well, they can't make it better. Let me ask you something. I had Senator Will Smith on, who's the chairman of Judicial Proceedings, and we talked about end-of-life legislation. Congrats to him, by the way. Yes, yeah. absolutely. He stepped in and was appointed to the seat yeah. uh, when Senator Zirkin resigned, which was a big yeah. shock to everybody. Bobby Zirkin is an icon down here, and so I'm. it's interesting... I think he wanted to go spend time with his family. And, and I just have to, on the record, you know, and I, I think Teresa would would agree, just thank him for his service. Yeah. You know? he's a, oh, completely. He's uh, a legislator's legislator. Yeah. 100%. And I'm glad that, you know, he, he got deployed in, near the end of last session, and uh, very glad that he made it back safe and sound in one piece. He just had a baby. Um, um, his wife is happy to have him back. And uh, we're all glad to see him back here in Annapolis. Oh, of course. And, uh, well, I enjoyed You know, one of the greatest rewards... Um, uh, given the circumstances in the legislatures for him to chair the uh, Judicial Proceedings Committee. Yeah. So, yes. back. I think Senator Smith has a bright political future ahead of him. I agree. I, I, wouldn't, agree. I wouldn't be surprised if you see him on a ticket in a couple of years for something. Or I keep hearing all these different people who are running. And since, since this is a minor detail podcast, we can talk about the juicy details and the mm-hmm. gossip of Annapolis. I keep hearing all these different people who are wanting to run for comptroller. I hear Brooke Learman is running for governor. Have you guys heard that? I have heard that. Yeah. I, I, it's a rumor. A story that came out the other day somewhere. I've heard rumors, but No, yeah. but I actually saw, was it you? It was me. Yeah. Well, I was she's, like, did you put that story? <laughs> I was like, I think it's in the Facebook group that we're in. Her campaign finance report. Yeah. She, yeah. she has some serious money. Of course, her dad being Terry Learman, the former chair of the, the Maryland Democratic Party, a Steny Horrier accolade. They, She knows how to raise money. She's in Baltimore City, right. I believe in District 45 in Bill Ferguson's district. Mm-hmm. And uh, she doesn't take money from lobbyists. You want to hear something interesting? And she's raising good money. She doesn't take money from lobbyists. Why is that? What is the... Um, let me ask you this. What is the stigma from taking money from a lobbyist? There's you know, that's a good a question. I think, there. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, we we can probably spend two hours talking about the different. Would stigmas, you like to extend your you know, at all? But one of the things I, I respect about uh, Delegate Learman, I remember the first time I met with her um, on an issue, and we had a very candid conversation. Uh, you know, I walked into her office with a client uh, that I won't mention here, but you know, I remember her saying, "Look." You know, before you begin, this is where I stand. And this is why, I, you know, why I take this position. She set the she, she and, set uh, the pace. Yeah, yeah. We had That's a very good. kind of, and and I I respected her for that because, you know, um, in Annapolis, there's this need, and under many circumstances, to be politically correct and to be neutral, and uh, she was very candid, and uh, we were able to have a conversation and negotiate some things and and. And, and work some things out and uh, that was the first time I w- met with her when I was here in 2017 when I first got to Annapolis did you meet and in I her office? I gained a significant respect for her yes is that is yep. that how it's done where you schedule meetings it's not unscheduled you you typically talk to their staff and you or or do you uh, see them in so how does yeah. this a little bit of both but I'm serious yeah. and let's maybe do some role play right okay say I'm a Say I've been lucky enough to, to get 5,000 votes in District 17, and I become a legislator. I think it's probably more than that. And you want to lobby me on a bill. And let's just say it's, I don't know, tax reform, right? And you want me to support a tax credit for whatever. What would you do? 
how would you approach that? Okay, so I think it depends. And uh, I'm would sure you strong arm me and be like, "Oh my gosh, never." Okay. I would probably, in in my true sense, like I mentioned earlier, like I'm very honest, and that's why um, what you just said about delegate Lieber and like it's just that the candidness is the most important thing, mm-hmm. and the honesty of just being frank of who you are, and this whole new group of legislators that has come in is so strong and who they are Mm -hmm. and not really playing the traditional game and i love that and it's just having those conversations so if you haven't met somebody before going to their office asking for a meeting or introducing yourself in a hallway or meeting them at a place like harry brown's or red red wine or wherever you are that at a different reception um and really just asking their opinion and then being open to their opinion and then sharing your opinion because I that's where things change. I mean, I, I, I imagine you both do plenty of educating on the legislation, really the, the, the deep in nuts and bolts of every bill, the breakdown, the process, and then you learn from each other. Is that Would that be an accurate statement that you work with the legislators to educate them on your positions? And vice versa. I think I think there's. I mean, I never know everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I obviously want to know as much as I can when I'm representing a client, but I'm also very open to learning what the other side has to say. And I think that's important in that respect. And a lot of, um, uh, I'm sure, Davion agrees. Like what I think our kind of generation of lobbyist is doing is being open to those conversations. We're not just coming in and strong arming and saying you're going to do this or it's not that money in the pockets kind of dirty lobbying. Mm-hmm. It's it's within the friendships and relationships and respect in the true love for this state of trying to make it better. I mean, that is literally what we are here to do. And and I think there's a lot of people down here that want to do that now. And you have to be respectful and open to those conversations. Sure. I, I don't know everything. I might try to. And, well, and I know you but birth- I also want to learn as well. And if I can so. chime in, you know, please, um, yeah, David. So, so there's this mutual respect among legislators um, and lobbyists, especially the new generation, uh, where we do have those candid conversations. And it's like, you know, where do you stand on this, and how can I help? Um, you know, I had a I met with the delegate today on a particular piece of legislation, and when the meeting started, he said, "You know, I'm not voting for this, mm-hmm. and and here's why." Um, and then we continued the conversation, and by the end of the meeting, he said, "Davion, I want to thank you um, and your client for explaining this to me, because previously, in in previous conversations, it was very adversarial mm-hmm. uh, with 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 the advocates, and uh, you know, I can consider voting for this now. Um, now that you." explain this to me there's uh with the new generation coming in um on the uh, public side and on the private sector side as lobbyists uh, there's a shift in how we do business for instance um you know the previous generation would probably say teresa and davion shouldn't be on a podcast together because we're in competitive uh, uh is that what they would have said yeah it would have been from, from a business perspective hmm. yeah it's like interesting no why would they appear on a podcast together why would i invite Teresa to my opening day party or or signy dot party so right. she can it, it you know was. steal it was my clients yeah, for that's, that's any lobbyist yeah, yeah. to go to another lobbyist party oh wow I mean, well, see, it I, was very much a no-no. Exactly. For a lot I of see people. them all going to different well, parties, especially at Mako. It's changing now because yeah. because we do now because yeah. we're changing right. the culture down here. And we firmly believe that no matter what side of the issue you stand on, um, we can get a lot done together. 
than separately. And 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 though uh, Teresa and I uh, may oppose each other on um, the uh, death with dignity legislation, there's going to be something coming down the pike eventually within the you know next 80 days I think we have left that we're going to have to work together on. Right. Exactly. You know, so so you know it's business. It's not personal. We work together when we need to. Um, and we uh, respect each other's profession, professional positions we need to as well. So here's a point. I want to ask you both, if a client comes to you or a potential client reaches out to your respective firm, are there issues where you both would say, no, I don't feel comfortable lobbying. I, let me refer to you as somebody else. 100%. I mean, Certainly. I'm not going to, I can't in my soul lobby for anything. Like cigarettes. It doesn't. It's not in my purview. I'm not against cigarettes. <laughs> like, that's not something. I mean, it's just not something I would necessarily take on. Well, I, yeah, I mean, um, I'm not opposed to cigarettes. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not either. Um, I've smoked cigarettes. Yeah, I have, I don't, I have too. But I don't smoke anymore. Not. But I, I, can't, I gave it up, and uh, I moved to um, uh, marijuana, legal marijuana. So I'm. <laughs> There's I, a lot of healing principles in that. No, I got. So I have insomnia. And I can't sleep, and I have, oh, and really? there's, so I went through the medicinal commission, right? Right. And I found that it was the most easiest process ever. You apply for your card, you wait about three weeks, you get it in the mail that you're approved, you go see a doctor, and they sit down, you talk to them, they do a consultation, they check you out, and he says, okay, I think that you could benefit from this. You tell them your symptoms. And then they ended up prescribing me. It's, mm-hmm. it's a very small dose, and it's, you know, it's, you could get an edible form. But ever since I've used medicinal cannabis to sleep at night, it has improved me 100%. I and, believe it. And so I think that that's a, and I'm, I'm personally very much in fan, a fan of using medicinal cannabis in a responsible, productive way to help people. And as learning as much as I can about the cannabinoid plants and as you said you know, they have the CBD portion mm-hmm. that can help people with inflammation they can help people with uh, with Parkinson's disease I think it's a remarkable breakthrough in, in science and technology we're still not there yet on the legalization part and they might that might not come down the pike for a while right. but I still see that the Medicinal Cannabis Commission has done great work in Maryland, and they're helping a lot of people, myself included, and I'm a testament to that. And I, I was opposed to I was like, I don't know if I could do this. I don't, wanna, I don't want the perception to see that I'm just getting high, but really it's just a quick, it's a little vape pen, and right before bed, I get in bed, and you just go fast asleep. And you probably sleep like a baby. I sleep like I sleep like I did. And then like wake I up did. refreshed and ready to go. I, I do. Yeah. I mean, it's not like where you're in college and you know yeah. you hit the old bong pipe <laughs> and uh, and then you know you wake up the next day Just and you feel horrible. like death. Right. No, you wake up no. and you're like, oh, I have to be. A pr- I'm a productive member of society. I'm waking up at six o'clock, turning on my morning Joe, and uh, right. there it is. You're ready to go. Yeah. No, it it really is. Yeah. Yeah, That's there's great. still several tweaks that are, that are needed uh, for that. Um, especially before you guys we focus go to legalization, um, I'm, I'm not professionally focused on mm-hmm. it, but it is um, it is a very um, significant interest of mine. Um, you know, unfortunately, as an African American, um, historically, you know, we have uh, people of color um, who are incarcerated mm-hmm. now uh, right. for serving for for selling and and using uh, marijuana, and uh, you know, the question remains. How do we address that moving forward? Now that the state 
has recognized the medicinal uses for it, and probably within the next one or two election cycles, we'll probably recognize the uh, recreational use for it. So what do we do for those who have been uh, incarcerated and can't get jobs for um, um, who've been incarcerated for it, you know, for using and selling that marijuana. And not just people of color, but, you know, unfortunately, 70% of the prison system in Maryland are people is, of color. Is that a personal yeah, passion you for you? At, it Dave, is. Dave, uh, criminal justice reform. Yes. Yeah. I mean, there's uh, there's been a decriminalization on marijuana and right. possession rates within the last, like, uh, I'd say like five to seven years. So I think I think we're in progress because it is important because if you look at prison system numbers and who's being held within the city and other state facilities, mm-hmm. the heavy majority of our prisoners aren't violent offenders. Right. Right. They, they are there on some kind of possession offense and it's within a small range of what is legal and what isn't legal and we've we've become better in those standards but we're still not there yet and i think that's a different perspective that that we bring you know it's 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 one thing to have a lobbyist that is uh simply a hired gun to move legislation forward in maryland uh but for Teresa and i and 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 many lobbyists who serve uh, here in Annapolis, we have to live with the laws that we pass. Right. You know, we well, have a social uh, responsibility. Exactly, it, it exactly. Is. So it brings a different perspective when you're talking about marijuana, when you're talking about uh, procurement for minority-owned businesses and women-owned businesses, and veteran-owned businesses, and taxes, and and all of those things. How to fund the Kerwin Commission recommendations? Mm, big issues. Uh, whatever side we we are on the issue, regardless of what we're paid mm-hmm. uh, uh, to project, we have to live with that and. Uh, I think that's what uh, brings a different perspective uh, for lobbyists who are residents of Maryland and uh, and actually lobby and advocate in Maryland. Question for you both. And we what? grew up here, too. So that's right. I mean, it's, it's, so it's a personal. Vested interest. It's personal. Yeah. And I grew up. We're all lifelong Marylanders. Right. I grew, so it's important. Uh, yeah, I grew up in Hagerstown, and Western Maryland is important to me, and they have some some good folks out. I'm sure you guys know uh, Paul Quarterman. And Great guy. Mike McKay. Yeah. And uh, let's see. Well, there's no parent. Uh, next. Delegate Wyville. Uh, yeah, de- Delegate Wyville and Delegate Buckle. Yes. Uh, Silliberti's out there. Delegate Silliberti. He's in Frederick. I think mm-hmm. he's District 4. Uh, Andrew Serafini. Yes. Senator Serafini. He's a nice guy. He is. He Just is. growing up in Hagerstown, he's a really decent, decent guy. Um, you know, it's, uh, Maryland has so many different pockets of uniqueness. Right? I mean, it's yeah. just its fascinating to me. I, I have a question for you both. Um, have you ever been turned down by a legislator where they just flat out say, nope, we're not talking about it, it's not going to happen? Yes. Like, it, it, yeah, it, I'm it, sure. It, it happens. Um, it you know, we had a legislator tell us, that I'm not meeting, I don't want to discuss this issue, yeah. this is where I stand, you know, and uh, it's not going to change, and we respect that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we respect that. And I'm sure I'm sure you have too, Teresa. I have. I mean I, I've lobbied on some of the most contentious issues in the state and yeah. and that's almost I always respect it. Like you said, I mean, I'm not gonna push any buttons of the people I, I especially with sensitive issues sure. like mm-hmm. um physician assisted suicide or death with dignity or abortion. I, I'm willing to have the candid conversations with people that uh, are open to them, but I'm certainly never going to make anyone uncomfortable or make anybody shut down because that's not conducive 
at all. And, and I think that's harmful and, and it's not respectful. Um, so it, I think a lot of what we have to do is really knowing the boundaries of how to have the conversations and with who and in the right way and to respect the people that don't want to have the conversations too. And, and that's fine because we're, we're all humans and you shouldn't push anybody's boundaries there. Yeah. What do you think, Davion? So I agree, and especially on the topic of, um, you know, death with dignity. Um, you know, there are a few issues here. Um, uh, the most important issue being moral and religious issues. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, our country was founded on Christian values. Mm-hmm. Um, our Constitution um, really emphasizes the separation of church and state. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there are legislators that have strong Christian values um, that stand on, you know, either side of this sure. issue. Yeah. And, um, you know, we want to respect that. Um, memories are long in politics. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, very true. That, know, that could not be And if we cross that line, it could be detrimental um, to a relationship, for, for any to of a us, business you know? relationship. And yeah. uh, people skills, being able to be perspe- perceptive and understand where folks are coming from are very important. And, uh, it, you know, your word is your bond. You know, um, you know the, the 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 outside world thinks that politics is this corrupt, mm-hmm. conniving, um, and it does get tough sometimes. Sure. Right? Um, you know, but one of the things we pride ourselves on the most, whether you're a lobbyist or elected official, is being a man or a woman of your word. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what's most important. Loyalty is well, everything. Well, and so, if a legislator you know, we tells you, if the legislator tells you, okay, we're there, we're going to vote for the bill. And then you see the vote count, and they didn't vote for the bill. Now, that would piss me off. Yeah. That would really upset me because you spent time and investment, right? You're investing your time in educating them on a bill that you're passionate about. It's not just for the client. You're doing this because you truly believe in this legislation. And then they turn around and they say, well, we're going to vote for it, and then they don't. I mean, yes, they might have a well, We left. also recognize that we've got, what, 141 people uh, in the House and 47 senators. So it's, uh, you know, um, all of those opinions that you're listening mm-hmm. to, right? Uh, so, you know, the acceptable um, or respectful thing to do would be to say, hey, Teresa, Davion, uh, I said I'd vote for the bill, but mm-hmm. I've, I've listened to the folks on the other side, and, you know, unfortunately, I, I can't vote for the bill yeah. moving forward. And, I uh, think that's you know, fair. it's very important. Yeah. yeah. So tell me, as young lobbyist in a, a, a community, uh, uh, Annapolis, it's for the longest time, it's run by a lot of old heads. I mean, this is like yeah. by tradition, or you've got to do it this way. How do you see being young and kind of growing into this this culture how is it changing so i've got to tell you and um i'll let Teresa take it in, in a moment <laughs> but i'm excited i'm excited to see the culture changing um now we respect folks like the bruces of the world the jerry's bruce Berriano um, and jerry yes, evans yeah yes and 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 even folks like uh, gary alexander and mm-hmm. others uh, we respect them. Um, John Pika. John Pika. He's a great guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 I think all of us have learned uh, something from you know from all of those folks. Uh, you know, but but things are changing. Um, things are moving at a lot faster pace. We've got right. better technology now. Uh, lobbying is changing. Uh, but we're taking what we've learned 
um, the lessons learned, the good and bad, and, and, and we're changing and refining our approach. And one thing that is happening right now is, uh, you know, the young lobbyists from, from all of the firms, my firm, uh, Teresa, we've got uh, Mayanna Hassel over at uh, Tim Perry's firm, uh, Jocelyn Collins with the Cancer Society. Brad Rifkin. Um, Brad Rifkin, yeah. who's also a great guy. Um, Eric Johnson at Coca-Cola. Uh, you know, we're all working together. I said it mm. earlier, you know, we can get a lot done better. We can get a lot done uh, together than we can uh, separately. And uh, we're really uh, figuring out ways how we can unite and we can come together and work on, you know, work on important things. And, 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 and we're uniting. Uh, if you look at the leadership in the in the House and the Senate, it really uh, skipped an entire generation. Yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> I've two. never known uh, until now, maybe even two, right? Like um, two. I'm 34 years old. Until now, yeah, I've never known nine. another Senate president. Um, Mike Miller spoke at my high school graduation. Right. Wow. You know, um, um, Joe Valerio, who's no longer serving, he spoke at my high school graduation. I've never known another speaker. Uh, so this is a, a, a really amazing time. And you're seeing that shift um, in the legislature, and that shift is re- reflective of that um, in the lobby court That's as well. Great. It is. And I mean, to piggyback on what you said, I'm excited because yeah. I think it is for the first time, not just within the new legislators and, and some of the old ones too that yeah. have been here for a while. It's a collective group just ready to talk and make a difference. I mean, and the fact that we're both sitting on this podcast and we're opposing obviously a major issue in Maryland, but like Davion mentioned, he's one of my closest friends. And it is within those conversations because we care about this state and it's coming to how can we actually direct what we're working on to make a difference on behalf of not just the state, but our clients as well. And and that's so important. And, and in an honest, authentic way where there's no backdoor deals, there's, there's nothing shady. It's redefining everything that anyone thinks a lobbyist is right. and just being everything's on the table and and making a better name i think for the future of what we can do here as we wrap- i gotta shout go ahead you know you know two other people uh, neil carcanis yes. um who was previously with the maryland hospital association mm-hmm. he's now with, yeah, uh, Funk with and Funk and bolton, bolton. Um, uh, when i first came to annapolis we were on the opposite side of it of an issue we testified against each other you know almost every day for 90 days um and we grew a, a mutual respect for each other and we became you know really good friends as close as uh teresa and i are and then i also want to uh mention john steerhoff you know, he's when, fantastic when when the word got out the press release went out that i'm that i made vice president he was uh the first person uh to reach out to me uh, via email to congratulate me and offer his support and it was genuine mm-hmm. you know um and and you know sometimes you you miss that in, in annapolis uh that genuineness uh genuineness and genuinely good people yeah and uh you know so all of us uh we still lean on um the folks that have that have that have shouldered this uh this responsibility as as, as top lobbyists before us and we learn from them and we grow um so there's no you know, in my opinion, I don't think there's like a rift between the generations. No, um, I think we not. learn from them and they mentor us. And uh, as 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 they begin to move on, uh, we pick up that torch and we move forward. As we wrap up, how, what piece of advice would you give someone who is considering jumping into the lobbying field, who's 
young and who has a, a passion for this. Teresa, what do you think? So I would say that expect um, that strangers will become some of your biggest adversaries and some of your best friends <laughs> and to be open to it. Um, I know Damian just shared names of some people and I... I could name drop for a while, but I don't want it. <laughs> but um, when I got here, I didn't necessarily know everything that I was doing. And I had some wonderful friends, now some of my closest friends, step in and show me the way. And I've met some wonderful young people interning. I know they have a wonderful young intern. And um, Senator Smith's office actually has a wonderful young intern that I met last week that and, and it is inspiring for all of us to see that. And we're open to um, kind of helping because we've all been helped in some way when we got down yes. here. And so I think my best advice is to just come in with um, eager eyes and an open heart and a willingness to learn and to leave your ego at home because it doesn't exist here. And um, it's okay to be vulnerable too. Yeah. Um, That's great Because advice. it's what makes us human if people knew that it's okay to show weakness or that it's okay as you said to be vulnerable i think we would operate much better as a culture as a society and it took me the longest time to figure out that it's it's okay to make public mistakes it's okay to to endear yourselves to others and to to loosen up and bring down the shield. That was hard for me because as someone who is a startup, who's doing this, you're constantly thinking, I'm battling with big names, I'm battling with people, and maybe it's all in my head, but you're thinking, well, these are people who are institutionalist, and it's okay to be vulnerable. Right. It's okay to say, I need some help, or I, I really want to pick your brain on an issue and tell me how I can be better. And it's humbling, too. It is. Yeah. It is. And I yeah. think that's what makes it worthwhile, too. I mean, we all learn and grow from that recipro reciprocation between, like, learning between what makes us vulnerable, what keeps us humble, and what keeps us growing and challenges us. Yeah. Davion, what do you think? What piece of advice would you give to a young and aspiring lobbyist who wants to come to Annapolis and change the world? So, um, I'd say... I'd remind uh, the young lobbyists that are coming up that you only have one name. Mm. You know, your reputation um, and your word is everything. Um, over the last year, uh, year and a half, uh, you know, as you know, Ryan, uh, we faced some major challenges at Alexander and Cleaver. And um, um, I have, you know, as well in my professional and personal life. And maintaining that integrity is very important. And uh, I do believe, like I said earlier, um, that loyalty goes a long way. Um, just be a man of your word. Um, be honest. Um, do what you have to do. There, there are times where we may have to represent um, issues that you know you may not fully believe in. Um, uh, but, but being honest and being forthright and being willing to work uh, with everyone is very important. One of the approaches I take is always working on both sides of the aisle. Mm -hmm. um, it's easy in, in, in Annapolis with the supermajority of the Democratic legislature that we have uh, to just focus on the Democrats and focus on leadership. Um, but I've gained so much by working on both sides of the aisle. Uh, it's very important. So, And also, uh, the final thing that I'd say is, um, you know, learn from the folks that have come before you. Learn from the folks that have come before you. 
um, is very important. They have uh, uh, lessons um, that you can learn quickly um, and easily without learning the hard way. So the Johns, the John Steerhoffs and Pikas and Bruce's and Jerry's um, and Gary Alexander's and others, um, you know, they're, they're people you can learn from. Well, so, yes. I got to tell you, that is some excellent wisdom. And I appreciate that. I'm, I'm sure this will be reflected on the, the recording. Well, this has been a fun time. I appreciate you both spending time with me. And I, I really thank you for, for coming by and having these, these conversations. I think people are interested in the lobbying world. I really do. I think that yeah. it's fascinating and they want to understand it a little bit better. And I think you both shed some insight tonight and helped viewers, listeners to to really kind of get a grasp and see it from a, a younger person's perspective who is jumping into this business and making a real difference in Annapolis and state government. So it's, uh, it's, there's some positive things happening and I, I appreciate you both. And, uh, I don't know what else, what are you, uh, what are you guys getting into the rest of the week? Oh man, we've been, <laughs> so Teresa and I have been running past each other for about a week and a half. Yeah. Um, you know, with meetings, uh, the last couple of days have been very busy. Mm-hmm. Uh, busy for me. We've working on uh, we're working on a lot of healthcare legislation. Um, I won't say it all because uh, some of our mutual friends will will we'll be competing against. But <laughs> yeah, you know, we're just working. And, <laughs> and, 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 and I do want to mention because uh, you mentioned and and we're gonna we're gonna do a a nice announcement uh, coming out soon. But we started a, cons- a student consultant program nice. in Alexander and Cleaver, nice. which is. You know, our version of an internship program. We've got uh, Sarah Deveraj, who's a senior at uh, Washington at Venice University. She's a double major in biochem um, and She's pre-law. She's a future rising star. Um, she, is, she is amazing. Um, and we have uh, Nick Andridge, uh, who just graduated from University of Maryland and a government and politics major. Uh, they're doing well. Um, you know, one of the things that I'm trying to do, and, and Teresa does it as well, um, but in a more official capacity at Alexander and Cleaver is give back. You know, I would not be where I am today if it weren't for the people who opened doors for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can't help but open doors for Amen. others. So, right. so, so we're trying to do that, uh, Teresa and I together and separately, and uh, bring up the next generation. Wow. Yeah. Well, that says it all. Uh, Teresa and Davion, thank you so much for joining the podcast tonight. Thank you. Well, Thanks glad for having Thank you. This We're is fun. Definitely honored we, to be here. Got to do it again. Uh, it's been a pleasure. So yeah. anytime, yeah. So, anytime, we will right. be here. We'll have fun this week, and uh, I'm sure you'll be productive. Yeah, we're, we're going <laughs> to try. Ryan. Yeah, <laughs> Thank yeah. you, Ryan. Take care. Are you interested in sponsoring an episode of a minor detail podcast, or maybe you want to run an advertisement? Great. Email me at ryan at a minor be sure to subscribe to a Minor Detail podcast on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Overcast, CastBox, or wherever you download your podcast. Visit a aminordetailpodcast.com for the latest episodes. And for Maryland news and politics, visit aminordetail.com and subscribe to our daily newsletter. I'm Ryan Miner, and those are the details.